When it comes to managing the health and quality of your livestock, if you had two choices, one being a non-agriculture group dictating your management or you managing yourself, what choice would you make? If we don't do that, my concern is that these companies are going to come up with a third-party auditing team and maybe some board of of so-called experts that will start dictating our practices uh, to meet the perceived standards of the consumer. Today, I'm joined by a panel of guests as we talk about the Beef Quality Assurance Program, its purpose, where it's headed, how it's impacted the product all the way to the consumer, and why it's our industry's way of managing ourselves. On this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show... everyone. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and we welcome you to another episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM, where you're going to find us right here every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern. And by the way, if you hear something in our program today and you want to go back and listen to something, if you search about any podcast provider out there, you will find us, Working Ranch Radio Show. And today's episode is episode number 40. By the way, also, something that's just new is uh, if you want to listen to us through the YouTube channel, that's a video channel. Now, there's no video of the podcast or the show, but you can listen to it through YouTube as well. That's relatively new. Well, on our program today, it's the Beef Quality Assurance Program, BQA, as we hear it said a lot of times. And, and I know for a lot of us, we're probably familiar from the early onset of it is uh, uh, I know as a kid growing up, it was it was all about learning how to give those shots in the right place in the neck instead of just anywhere on the body of that animal that was exposed. And so it's evolved from there to a lot of different things. We're going to talk about that today as we have a panelist, uh, several panelists, as we have four folks joining us on a panel to talk about it. Kim Brackett with Brackett Ranches out of Southern Idaho, Trey Patterson with the Padlock Ranch, Josh White with NCBA, and Sarah Reese with the Beef Checkoff. They will be joining us to talk about the BQA program. Also on our program today, the captain, Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine. Going to have a little bit of a different twist to this week's Tim's Two Cents. We're going to share that with you in just a moment as he shares his discussion with Dr. Jason Nickel with Merck Animal Health at the recent cattle industry convention in Nashville. And then our final segment today, meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather and how that's playing out as we look into now the first part of October. Right now, a thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, the American Simmental Association, and they believe that one of their primary purposes for existence is genetic evaluation and providing genetic awareness tools that then help produce like you and me make decisions that will move their operations forward from maternal traits to terminal traits the genetic merit of simmental genetics has provided increased profitability to the rancher sim genetics is profit through science find out more at simmental.org biozyme protect and recovery with vita charge by biozyme for more information visit vitafirm.com forward slash vita dash charge performance beef find performance beef online to learn more and request a demo and hard grow 
Grove Insurance, providing pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. You can contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 and ask for a free custom quote. You can also check them out online at hargroveinsurance.com. Well, let's check in now with the Captain Tim O'Byrne, publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine for this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents and his conversation with Dr. Jason Nickel with Merck Animal Health. Doc, it's good to see you again after so many long months. I'm glad to see you're looking well. Yeah, thank you, Tim. It's good to be out with people and see people face-to-face. It's almost kind of like a mini reunion in a lot of cases. <laughs> Man, you got something really exciting now. Probably three years ago, you uh, you rolled out the Whisper technology, and we've got a video on our YouTube, folks, that shows uh, how that works, and that is an absolute marvel for feed yards uh, for the for the uh, I guess after the pull, and you're bringing them in, and that tells us what the what's going on in the critter's lungs at that point, and then you know what degree of treatment we're talking about here. This is different. This is the whisper on arrival, and it is really cool. So folks, just kind of think like a mop handle with a kind of a thing on the end of it, a like a a scanner on the end of it, like a sonar thing. You stick it just behind the elbow of the critter onto the rib cage and press the button. Within 20 seconds, you're going to get a reading. Tell us all about this. This is so cool. And, of course, it interfaces back to your computer shoot side. Yeah, Tim, that's right. So unlike that original technology that was used specifically on those animals that had been identified as being sick, Whisper on Arrival is used on animals at the time of arrival. Uh, to a backgrounder or, or feedlot facility that ultimately tells us if they need metaphylaxis or not. And so traditionally, we apply metaphylaxis to an entire incoming group. Uh, we know that in all likelihood, not every animal needs metaphylaxis. But what this technology tells us by, by analyzing the animal's lung and heart data, we can predict who is at risk and then only administer antibiotics to the ones that need it, leaving the remaining untreated. The value proposition to the producer are the cost savings in metaphylaxis immediately. So, I mean, the benefits are so huge when I think about that. This, this basically gives me a peek inside every critter coming out of receiving within 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So basically, we're looking under the hood of these incoming animals. And yes, within 20 seconds, we will have an answer. In, in reality, if we break that down, we, only, we are capturing an eight-second sound. Uh, and so the person grabbing that sound grabs an eight-second sound. If they are giving shots or deworming or implanting, they can go to work on that animal. Uh, and then by the time that they're done, they have an answer and either administer that antibiotic or not. Right, so the drive-through shoot time is not hampered in any way because you, you know, you're going to spend 20, 30, 40, 60 seconds on a critter anyway. And folks, of course, you're going to slow down and take it easy. Processing is not a timed event. So um, I, I just I see the benefits here, uh, especially with the in in terms of I guess not giving a shot to an animal that doesn't need it. And historically, we've been doing rectals, and we know. I mean, everybody knows that has been in the business long enough that uh, rectal temperature is not the, the the true benchmark of what we need to know. But this is totally different. 
That's right. It, and to your point, Tim, rectal temperature has been used a lot. And it's been, been used a lot because ultimately that's all we've had. That's right. And so this allows us to take that one step further and and dig deeper and into that into that animal to see what's really going on uh, to make to make an informed decision on uh, whether or not that animal needs those antibiotics or not. So feed yard folks, go to our Facebook page. You're going to see a video. We dropped a couple of videos up there for you. Uh, go to the November December issue, new on the range, page 18. We got it front and center for you. Everything you need to know is right there, and all the links and everything. Thanks, Doc, for coming on the show. Tim, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks, Captain. By the way, that was the Captain's interview with Dr. Jason Nickel with Merck Animal Health at the recent cattle industry convention that was held this past August back in Nashville, Tennessee. And like he said, be looking for in the uh, November, December issue of Working Ranch Magazine. It will be featured in New on the Range. So if you want to find out more on that. And speaking of Working Ranch Magazine, do you have your subscription? I know if you're here in the program, you've heard about Working Ranch Magazine. If you want to know why all the ranchers in the in the industry believe this is one of the best publications out there well get your subscription easy way to do it is go to the website at www.workingranchmag.com and there'll be information there for you to get your subscription starting for working ranch magazine well stay with us we're going to jump right into our featured interview and when we go into our next segment it is on the beef quality assurance program we've kind of laid out some of the reasons uh, why we'd want to be managing our ourselves but also we're going to be talking not only about those things and where it's evolved but also how it has played a role in working with the consumer the end user of our product which is beef of course how that has played a role in that that's all coming up next and then later in our program meteorologist don day with a look at our long-term weather we'll be back on the working ranch radio show It's a competitive calf market, and buyers want calves that will perform, period. And a proven solution is Simmental. In fact, data from the Tri-County Steer Carcass Fatirity from 2002 through 2018 on nearly 60,000 head of calves revealed that Simmental-sired calves represented the highest carcass-valued sire group over English and other continental breed groups. And the sire group that was the second highest carcass value was Simangus sire. So... The proof's right there. For low-risk, high-potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show here on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and our featured interview today is brought to you by Biozyme. Protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biozyme. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita-Charge. Well, if you joined us uh, at the start of this program, you know that our featured interview today is on the Beef Quality Assurance Program. And I think something that's very fundamental when we start on this is, and it was a line that I I see on their website, and, and you're going to hear it reverberated through our conversation today with our panel of guests, and that is, it's about the end in mind. It's about looking at uh, our industry creating trust and confidence with our consumers, with our end users in mind. And I think that's really what a lot of this comes down to. And as I said uh, in our intro today, 
and doing it ourselves, policing ourselves through a program uh, such as what we're hearing today called the Beef Quality Assurance Program. Now, this program is funded by the uh, with checkoff dollars, and that and that started actually back in the in the late night or in the early 1990s is when BQA programs funded by the checkoff began in states all across the country, and so we continue into today with that. So I'm pleased to introduce uh, my panel of guests today. As I said earlier in the program, we'll have four guests joining us. Josh White, who's with uh, NCBA, will be with us. Also, Sarah Reese, who's with the Beef Checkoff, will be with us. And then uh, my two producer guests that I want to introduce now is Kim Brackett, who is the chair of the BQA Advisory Board, but also with Brackett Ranches out of Southern Idaho, and Trey Patterson, who's the vice chair of the Advisory Board and CEO of the Padlock Ranch in Wyoming. Kim, I want to start with you. Uh, I know you wear two hats with this, both being on the advisory board and also, of course, initially as a producer. But from where it started uh, originally for us as an industry to be proactive in managing ourselves, what are some of the benefits that you've seen the BQA program do on behalf of the beef industry? You know, that's interesting. As you were as you were talking there, I was thinking back to my very first BQA training, and it was solely focused on injection site and injection site blemishes. And I think that had a tremendously positive impact in our industry, um, folks understanding BQA and, and proper injection placement. But over the years, BQA has evolved to such an extent that today we have, um, we have a focus on BQA transportation. We also have a focus on biosecurity. I mean, who would have thought that many years ago that we would have branched out in so many different different areas? I think the value of BQA on our ranch um, is really hard to um, re- really hard to maybe um, capture. We require all of our employees to be BQA certified, and that includes my children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they all have mm-hmm. to be BQA certified. <laughs> and and I as I think about BQA and the impact on our ranch, I think I would say that what it's done is it has. Um, has helped our mindset to evolve that when we're working cattle, we think more about it from the cattle perspective than we do from our personal perspective. And I, I attribute that to BQA, that type of thought process to all of the training we've had at BQA. Mm-hmm. Trey, I want to go to you next. And and I know you also have a lot of experience in the program, both in leadership with BQA, but also as the CEO of the Padlock Ranch. And as Kim had mentioned, originally the program had a lot of focus on injection sites and cattle, and there were some very basic and practical methods that we could implement as ranchers with our livestock. But today, I kind of feel like some of those things are now considered industry standards. And if we as ranchers choose not to follow those standards, well, then it becomes a detriment to our marketing opportunities down the road. We may not see it immediately, but sooner or later, it's going to catch up to us. So from your perspective... How have you seen this become an industry standard? Well, I think the standard is is, is somewhat evolved over time, but you're right. I mean, those, those things that we worked on in the early years of BQA uh, with dealing with injection site lesions and waste and just good record keeping, uh, that's, that's become um, basically just a, a requirement in the industry that you have to be able to adhere to that or you end up you know having trouble marketing cattle but the but the bqa programs evolved you know with that and it, we, we 
have, it's been exciting to watch that growth because now we have this consumer base that is saying, we really, really care about how our cattle were raised. And we're like, whoa, we've got a program that we can document that. Mm -hmm. It's a science-based, grassroots-driven, voluntary program that has had a lot of success over the years. And so we can build on that foundation that we started with uh, years ago and add some components to that to reach the consumers. And, you know, on the ranch level, it it really uh, coincides to just good management and good record keeping. It's about doing little things right. For those of you that are, that are in ranching, you don't, you don't manage groups, you manage individuals. And that's the same, whether it's for cattle or for people that you have, we care about the little details and BQA addresses that. It, it gets into those, what are those details? And do we have a plan to address those? Can we document it? And the answer is yes. If you're following these BQA guidelines, to me, it coincides one to one with just with good ranch management, with good animal husbandry, and and it fits in with a with a productive, sustainable, profitable production system. You know, we, at our ranch, we were able to to be honored with the 2012 National BQA Award. Well, BQA has has changed quite a bit in the last nine years, but at that point, that's what we talked about. We're just doing all these little things right. But we, we are uh, adding on to that as that goes, as this evolves, because the program is about uh, being able to share with others and document that we're doing, doing these little things correctly to, you know, put a safe and high quality uh, food source on the center plate of, uh, of our consumers. Mm-hmm. Kim, I'm going to go back to you real quick. And and one of the things you talked about, you just said, is that, you know, everybody on your place, and I'm sure, Trey, you're probably similar in this, where uh, everybody in your operations are BQA certified. And, and for those, and I hate to go back and be kind of rudimentary or elementary in all of this, but maybe we need to go back real quick and just talk about the BQA training and, and the, the modules, the things that are available online where people can do this. And, and I'll, Kim, I'll go back to you for that question. You bet. So it's it's kind of exciting. We have multiple options for a certification right now. There's usually an in-person certification option um, within your state. You could certainly check that out. But if that doesn't work for you, we have an online BQA platform where you can get certified. And the, the great thing about that online platform is that you can get certified in different modules. We can get certified in cow-calf, in stalker. There's a lot of different options there. And here's my favorite part about this online platform. Every three years, they're updating and adding more information to that platform. So when you go back to get recertified after three years, you're going to be learning new information, which I think is is exciting because for a number of years, we were repeating our information at certification. So having having this option of more information, new information to give to our producers, I think will be well received by them. Mm -hmm. Real quick, Kim, with, with that certification, and I'm going to kind of set you up here on a question. And is that going to give me more when I sell my calves, that, that certification? What is the value? Where are we seeing the value in that? You know, I can speak to that one personally. Um, 
just like Trey, uh, our family was honored to receive that BQA CalCAF award in 2014, I believe. And since we received that award, we sell our cattle on video auctions. They run a little banner every time we, we put our name on there. We're selling a lot of cattle. They run a little banner on there that we were BQA award winners. And I can tell you, we have received more money for our cattle since that's been put on there. We definitely receive a premium. We also run a stalker operation and all the cattle that we purchase also have to be BQA certified. And that's because we know we get a premium when we go to sell those yearlings down the road. Mm -hmm. Trey, I want to go back to you with this question and, and from a, uh, a rancher sitting out there and saying, well, you know, you guys are in the program. You, yeah, I understand you're, you're part of it. You want to, you want to promote this deal. And, and a guy sitting on the sideline saying, but does that apply to me? Just, just any old Joe farmer rancher out there and talk about how this applies to just, just in general, the ranching industry and somebody maybe sitting on the sideline saying, well, this really doesn't apply to me. Well, there, there, there are some that have that sentiment that, you know, that wonder how this is applicable to them. And, and, and even many of them will say, Hey, you know, we're following a lot of these, these guidelines anyway. So why do we need to be BQA certified? I'll tell you right now that uh, there are a lot of our supply chain partners that are using BQA certification as a means to communicate with their consumers that, that we have these standards in place for animal care, sustainable practices, uh, good uh, sound management record keeping. There, and with that, what, what better way for us to be able to communicate with our consumers than through a science-based grassroots driven program. If we don't do that, my concern is that these companies are going to come up with a third-party auditing team and maybe some board of, of so-called experts that will start dictating our practices uh, to meet the perceived standards of the consumer. BQA mm-hmm. has done a lot of work in that and understanding what the consumers are, are telling us, understanding uh, what their concerns and desires are, We've used a lot of data, like from the National Beef Quality Audit, uh, that's been that's been ongoing for years to ascertain that information, and develop these these voluntary educational programs to deal with that. So we've got a, we've got momentum right now that that some of these supply chain partners, uh, i.e., some of the big packers, for instance, uh, are using BQA and saying, "Hey, if you're BQA certified." We feel like we've got a good message to give to our consumers. I would way rather deal with that than uh, a board of, of people in, that might include animal rights activists and so on that are trying to take away our operational freedom and because they simply don't understand our industry. Mm-hmm. This program was developed by people that are in the industry. So we understand it and we also understand the consumer needs. So that, I think it's really important that you understand that aspect is if you're considering, you know, BQA certification and training in your individual businesses. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I, I, that was a great answer, Trey, because I think for sometimes we, in ranching, we don't want to be over-regulated. And your answer there was basically saying, if we don't want regulation, we better learn to start to manage it ourselves. And, and Kim, I'm going to go back to you and talk about the fact that and, 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 and Trey, you even addressed this as well, but Kim, I'll have you answer this question. That is, 
we really just need to come back to it and, and understand that we have a product here that is going to a consumer and we have to be thinking of that consumer as we are working our livestock on the ranch. I think that's a really good point. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we're producing beef. Um, I'm a cow-calf producer, so I'm a long ways from that beef on somebody's plate, but I have to keep that in mind. And I think Trey did a great job addressing the concerns of our consumers. A couple of things I might add, um, when we have done market research, with consumers, um, asking them what their concerns are about the cattle industry. Everybody always says sustainability. But according to that market research, the number one unprompted concern that consumers have about our industry is animal care, animal welfare. Mm -hmm. So being able to take this beef quality assurance program, this BQA program, and educate our consumers that us as producers are taking the right steps. We are becoming trained. We are certified in this, just like Trey said, this science-based industry-driven program. It's really reassuring to consumers. I think um, keeping that in mind as a producer is a bit of a challenge, but in this day and age, it's, it's becoming critical. We really need to remember that and focus on it day in and day out. You bet. Well, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to continue in our conversation talking about the Beef Quality Assurance Program, or BQA, as you often hear it referred to. Jason White, Executive Director of Producer Education and Sustainability with NCBA, will be joining me as we're going to be talking about some of the new things that are evolving out of the BQA program. Later on, we're going to be talking with Sarah Reese, who's with the Beef Checkoff, and of course, Kim and Trey, both continuing to join us from the producer side of things as we talk about the BQA program. You're listening to the Working Ranch Radio Show on Rural Radio, Channel 147, Sirius XM. It's weaning time, one of the biggest days of the year for you and the most stressful for your calves. Ensure a smooth transition with the VitaCharge Weaning Program. This two-step program with the AmaFirm Advantage gives calves the nutritional boost they need to get through the first weeks of weaning, accelerate appetite, increase weight gain, and improve health. It's weaning time. Get them ready with VitaCharge. For more information, visit VitaFirm.com forward slash Vita dash charge. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, and this segment is brought to you by Performance Beef, easy-to-use cattle management software. Speaking of cattle management software, my question is, how do you manage data for your cattle business? Well, one thing, you can stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs, and you can get real-time access from anywhere with performance beef you can update rations generate real-time closeout reports record health data right there at the chute or in the pen or out in the pasture and you can analyze performance trends all in one place with ease your feed financial and health information is integrated in one easy to use platform accessible from your computer your smartphone or your tablet find performance beef online to learn more and request a demo well our featured topic today is on the beef quality assurance program and kim brackett with brackett ranches out of southern idaho also on the as the chair of the bq advisory board is joining me as well as trey patterson who's the vice president of the advisory board and ceo of the padlock ranch in wyoming and we're going to turn now to josh white who's also joining us 
us with uh, NCBA to talk a little bit about some of the new things that are coming down the line with the Beef Quality Assurance Program. And and Josh, we heard just a little bit ago as Kim was talking about uh, the biosecurity template. I know there's some online modules that are new coming down as well. So give us an update on what's new with the BQA program. Sure. Thanks, Justin. Um, exactly right. As, as Kim and Trey mentioned, we rolled out a new set of uh, BQA, sort of the base module set uh, for each sector last year in 2020, uh, just before we all sort of got locked down. And so that was uh, fortuitous for because it really shut down a lot of our in-person training and online was our only option for a while there. Uh, but we still really encourage folks to go out and get certified in person, you know, with some shoot side uh, demonstrations, if that's available in your area, we know that that's a challenge sometime between location and, and timing. Um, so if you're not able to do that, the BQA.org website will get you right into those online modules. Um, we did release a new uh, biosecurity module that will help walk you through, uh, help a producer walk through the uh, template um, that we mentioned earlier. So if you're not familiar with, you know, biosecurity practices, that module will set you up with a lot of definitions and background, some education, and then it'll walk you right through creating that uh, personalized template for your operation. And, you know, one of the big deals about that and one of the drivers for that and reasons why we should do that, number one, we've all learned a lot about biosecurity with this Mm -hmm. uh, virus, right? Human biosecurity and and you know our brethren uh, in in the pork industry and the poultry industry on the live animal side have dealt with major um, disruptions from viruses and other things. Um, so, you know, we're naive if we think we're going to escape that uh, forever, and and we need to be prepared. And USDA has uh, moved more and more to us to a uh, stature and stance that they will not provide indemnification for loss due to a foreign animal disease or a big animal disease. If you can't prove that you're doing everything in your power, uh, you know, from a reasonable standpoint to have a biosecurity plan and keep the disease off your place. And so if you have no records, uh, no biosecurity plan, no vaccination plan, nothing in writing, you know, you don't have a leg to stand on when it comes time. If there isn't a disease outbreak that requires you to depopulate or you lose some animals to sickness, and those funds are made available, the folks that are going to get the first round of funds are the ones that can, you know, provide these BQA records on how they've been taking care of their cattle with a herd health plan from, you know, a cooperating uh, veterinarian and also this biosecurity plan. It puts you in a great position uh, for the future. And so not only will it help you keep the disease off in the first place, which is great management practice, but it'll also be a little added insurance for your operation. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to one of the programs that you all have been offering now for several years, but the stockmanship and stewardship tour has been very popular. Folks have had opportunities at various industry group meetings across the country to take part in that. In fact, the captain, Tim O'Byrne, come back from the recent cattle convention in Nashville and in his segment of Tim's Two Cents, he was giving high praises to the stockmanship element of the BQA program that Kurt Pate and Ron Gill have been a part of for several years but this program has really went down another avenue that really does impact our beef quality yeah we've been fortunate to uh to have that as a long running program where we've done 
work, you know, partnered with those guys as well as Dean Fish, who's a new addition to the team the past few years, who's bilingual from Arizona. Yeah. He's a mm-hmm. great animal handler and good communicator and, and great addition to that uh, team of clinicians. Um, yeah, I would encourage anyone that has one of those coming in their area. COVID, again, has slowed that down the last couple of years, but there is some online content available at stockmanshipandstewardship.org. And we also have some of the some of the uh, content that those guys helped with over the years posted on our BQA YouTube channel, mm-hmm. which you can find at bqa.org. And we've We've partnered with Merck the last few years so that BQA checkoff, you know, dollars, BQA is checkoff funded. So to leverage those dollars and to help uh, help get the most bang for our buck, uh, we've partnered with Merck to be the lead sponsor of that program. But BQA put some money in to keep that BQA presence and tie and material and all of those larger regional events. Uh, we offer BQA certification. So we're we're doing that live uh, through a lot of great content delivery at those. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, as we continue our conversation today, talking about the BQA program, we've talked with producers. Now we're going to get into the final step, and that is those that are dealing directly with the consumer and working to promote our beef product to chefs, to consumers, to grocery stores. We're going to talk about that element of the BQA program when we come back. You're listening to The Working Ranch Radio Show. Animal health is key to your business. So how do you track cattle health treatments? Well, stop relying on pen and paper or complicated programs. Performance Beef helps you record processing data, enter costs, and track animal health history all in real time at the shoot. The mobile app also makes it easy to log pasture and pen treatments on the go. Your health data is integrated with feed and financial information in one easy-to-use platform, accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to request a demo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And if you're just joining us here today, our program is talking about the Beef Quality Assurance Program. And if you missed something and would like to go back and listen to it, uh, you probably the, the easiest way to do that is search any podcast provider out there under Working Ranch Radio Show, and you will find us. Today's episode is episode number 40, by the way. So, as we talk about this earlier, if you join us, Kim Brackett, Trey Patterson, talking to us from the rancher perspective and the value that they see in it from that perspective. Josh White, also one of our panelists with NCBA t- today. And, and Josh, I'm going to turn to you now and and have you introduce our next guest, Sarah Reese, who's with the Beef Checkoff, to talk about how that comes into play with the BQA program. Sure. Yeah. Well, as we've talked about, you know, consumers have uh, definitely become more interested in how their food is raised over the last decade, really. And we've seen that shift, you know, historically, our our consumer facing materials, we kept that um, away from um, sort of the production picture, the production story away from the end product for a long time. That's what our market research was telling us that consumers did not want to see end product, uh, you know, recipes and great pictures of a steak right beside the story of how that, that, uh, steak was raised. And so, um, you know, that was kind of the, the mindset and the conventional wisdom for a really long time. Uh, we've just figured out in the last, um, 
you know, five years or so doing some more consumer market research on the checkoff side that, hey, consumers, we know they're more cons- more interested in how their food is raised and uh, they are willing to pair those images up, those messages. Um, and so that's been really exciting. So we, we did some consumer market research about five years ago and started rolling out some additional um, messaging around BQA that you can now find uh, for the first time just the last few years on Beef It's What's For Dinner, which is the flagship mm-hmm. uh, brand to consumers. And yeah, I w- I'd love to introduce Sarah Reese, who's our uh, Senior Executive Director of uh, our marketing efforts to consumers and influencers. Um, she's been right in the thick of this effort to elevate you know, the great job we do raising cattle to consumers and influencers. Well, Sarah, thanks for joining us here. And when we go to you and you're dealing directly with the consumer and the influencer in this, where do you tie this back and where are you seeing the benefits that BQA and starting clear back? Like Kim said, I'm a long ways away from the consumer and, and, and trades in the same boat with their operation as well in a way. But tying this all through together all the way to you and explain that and how you take that in and work with that and then move that into uh, working with the consumer and those that are our customers as ranchers. Yeah. So as everyone else talked about, we know that our consumers are interested in where food comes from, but many of them know very little about that. So we actually first introduced consumers to beef farmers and ranchers with our Rethink the Ranch campaign, which we launched back in 2017. This campaign was really designed to celebrate um, the American tradition of ranching while also shedding light on how food is raised today. The campaign gave consumers a inside look at real beef farmers and ranchers from across the country And it gave them information about how beef is raised. We learned through this campaign that positive rancher messages really reinforce and build trust with consumers. So we wanted to continue talking about how beef is raised by addressing beef quality assurance. And this was the first time in this campaign that we really showcased the beef quality assurance program to our consumers. So we created a campaign which launched in 2019 to truly showcase beef quality assurance and give consumers information about it so that they could learn how cattle are being cared for, learn about safety and animal welfare, and all of the practices that go into raising high quality beef. Mm -hmm. This campaign really focused around video content to show beef farmers and ranchers and how they're implementing these practices. And we did find it to be very successful and gave consumers really peace of mind and more information about how their beef is getting to their plate. In addition to reaching consumers directly with the beef quality assurance messages, we also reached out to chefs to help us tell this story as well. So in 2020, We created a series of videos in partnership with a company called Chef's Roll, which brought beef farmers and ranchers together with chefs to show them firsthand beef quality assurance practices that are used to sustainably raise beef. And then we also brought the beef farmers and ranchers to the chef's kitchen so that they could see how the end product's being used and presented to consumers. Um, These videos were really successful. We created five from across the country, one of which included Kim Brackett and pairing her up with a chef out of Idaho, Chef Sean Smith, 
um, from Coins Restaurant. As you've been doing this, Sarah, you talked about it going back to 2019 when some of this started. From that time until now, what are the changes that you've seen both in how uh, maybe not so much the rancher, but from your work with the consumer, the chefs, the people, the in the in uh, consumer of this product? Yeah, we saw that consumers really are feeling more confident in the safety and animal welfare when they're hearing these beef quality assurance messages. We also know that we've seen positive perceptions increased among consumers about how beef is raised. Um, We also know that chefs are a trusted source of information. So having them help us tell the story has been truly impactful. We've seen both chefs and consumers alike loving hearing this type of information from them because they really are the experts in the area providing service to consumers directly. So they're really a great opportunity to work with when we're telling this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Justin, just to jump in on this conversation, yeah. I was fortunate to, to attend some of the uh, focus groups when we were first thinking about how we could uh, leverage BQA to consumers or if we even could. And it was, it was really surprising. Um, number one, like what their perception of, of production was and agriculture, which was very low. Like they just didn't understand how cattle are raised. So I think that's something we always have to keep in mind is that just a little basic information goes a long way. Um, and then when we dug in further and started telling the story and leveraging some of the images and voices of farmers and ranchers into that video, it quickly became apparent that farmers and ranchers are so trusted and what consumers want is reassurance that we're out there doing the right thing. And what BQA does is give that stamp of approval that, hey, we care, we're concerned, we're educating ourselves on these practices because we care about it, the end product and and your satisfaction. And and like Sarah said, when we showed that video, the, the BQA focused video, uh, which is a little standalone video folks can see at Beef It's What's For Dinner, um, it moved folks from sort of a, a medium neutral view or even negative view um, of beef and beef production 20 points to the right. If you're mm. talking about, you know, an improvement in in attitude and that was phenomenal. The, the last point I'll make back to that market research was one of the biggest shifts we saw compared to other things we've tested in the past was that over 50 percent of consumers because it was a national program with a lot of uptake did connect the dots and say, this represents cattle production that is represented in the food at my grocery store. And that's something that almost no other program or, or initiative has been able to do. So um, kudos to the mm-hmm. folks out there that are BQA certified that are helping move the needle every day. You bet. We're going to take one more break here with our panelists today as they are joining us to talk about the beef quality assurance program and when we come back some final thoughts and comments from our producers on our panel today kim brackett and trey patterson we'll be back on the working ranch radio show
Coming to the Las Vegas Convention Center, December 8th, 9th, and 10th, it's the Working Ranch Expo, brought to you by Working Ranch Magazine. It's thousands of feet of space filled with the ranch industry's leading equipment manufacturers and suppliers, plus great speakers that will inspire and educate you. And we're in the hall just across from Cowboy Christmas. Register to attend at WorkingRanchExpo.com. It's Working Ranch Expo by day, NFR by night. We'll see you at the Expo. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills, as we wrap up our featured interview today. We've been talking about the Beef Quality Assurance Program, and we're going to go back and talk with our ranchers that are on our panel discussion today. Uh, Kim Brackett with Brackett Ranches out of Southern Idaho, and Trey Patterson with the Padlock Ranch in, in Wyoming. And Trey, from your perspective as a rancher, and and you rubbing shoulders with other folks in the in the business as well, how has the perception changed over the years? Well, I think it's it's hit home really quickly. I believe that uh, you look at the resilience of our industry. We just had a major, major disruption to our consumers with basically a an almost complete shutdown of the HRI industry of people being able to buy beef in restaurants. And what did they do? They shifted to buying in the grocery stores. Yeah, we had, we had some impact there, but it wasn't near as great as it could have been. And you know what? That I believe that's going to make, uh, it makes a bold statement that people love our product. They're, they're willing to do what it takes to get it at the center, at the center of their plate, even if it means they have to prepare it themselves and learn how to do that. But it also brings up this point that there's, that's going to make a lot of people mad. We have a lot of enemies out there that are trying to paint us in a negative way. Let's continue to show our, our consumers that we are doing these things. We're doing it right. We're putting a healthy product on the, uh, on the center of their plate. And I think that's where BQA comes home to these ranches. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it right now in our marketing. Cause I have multiple market outlets that are asking for a BQA certificate mm-hmm. to sell those cattle. And they're doing that because they want to be able to communicate with the consumer. And so that connection is already being made and strengthened as we speak. Mm-hmm. Kim, I'm going to go to you with, with our final question here. Uh, and then I'll actually, after you answer, I'll have Josh kind of give a wrap up as far as contact information or where, where people can find more information. But Kim, I want to go to you again. And part of the reason I wanted to finish up with both you and Trey is because a, a large portion of those that listen to Working Ranch Radio Show are ranchers. And so... As we wrap up our conversation today about BQA, I know you're the chair of the BQA advisory, so you under you believe in the program, but you're also a rancher. And from your perspective, just some final thoughts about this program. And again, a little bit what I asked Trey is, you know, moving people off the sidelines to say you really need to get involved in this program. Um, some some closing thoughts about BQA from a rancher's perspective. You know, it's been around for a long time. I, I would venture to say most ranchers are very well aware of the program, um, whether or not their certification is current at the moment. I think throughout t- today's program, we've talked a lot about the changing landscape that we're looking at as cattle ranchers um, from, from the production side through the consumer side. I think... Um, I don't think that it can possibly be more important than it is right now for ranchers to be BQA certified. Um, For me, uh, as a uh, 
on the production side, getting that premium for my cattle. When our cattle market is a little volatile these days, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to get that premium for BQA certified cattle is reassuring. On the consumer side, helping our consumers understand the care that we take for our animals, helping them to know that they can trust in the cattle industry when they purchase beef at the grocery store, at the restaurant. I think that responsibility lays very heavily on my shoulders as a cattle rancher. And I would really encourage all my fellow producers to step up, become BQA certified, maintain that certification for yourself financially and for our consumers at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I know I said that was going to be my last question, but you know, Kim, I think sometimes people think, well, I'm not a big enough operator. I, I, it doesn't matter if I do it or not. You know, I, I hear that a lot. You know, that we have a, what is the average herd size in the U.S.? I believe it's 43 head of cattle. So, so the vast majority of producers in this country are maybe what we would call small operators. All of our cattle at the end of the day end up in the beef supply chain. So it's just as important it is for me as a small producer as it is for Trey as a large producer to become BQA certified and maintain that certification. I think I'd circle back to one thing that Sarah said a little while ago, that consumers have a tremendous amount of trust in cattle ranchers. They believe that we are really trying to do the right thing. So being able to validate that in the eyes of our consumers by being BQA certified, um, I think speaks volumes to the responsibility that we take on our outfits for our cattle. Mm -hmm. Josh, we'll, I'll let you kind of wrap it up with with just uh, how people can get more information. I know there's a website, there's YouTube channels, there's various ways that people can learn more about it. So I'll let you kind of give us the details on that. Sure. I mean, the, the way to find all the information is pretty simple. It's bqa.org. Um, you can scroll around there and find certification information, how to get certified or renew your certification. We've got... Um, self-assessment tools, the biosecurity template I mentioned, and other print or PDF resources. Um, we also have links to directly to our YouTube channel and other social media there. I know we're on Facebook. I don't do a lot of that, but uh, we have people that do. And I just want to mention, you know, we've got a great team, uh, you know, working on uh, this program again, funded by the Beef Checkoff, but NCBA is a proud contractor, and we have a great team uh, providing customer support. So if you need some resources, you have some questions, there's a way to email or call us from that website. All the information is there and uh, we're here to serve you. And And ultimately it's about putting a great product on the center of the plate, as Trey was saying, and BQA helps us make sure we're doing that every day. You bet. Josh White with NCBA joining us, one of our panelists. Also, Sarah Reese with the Beef Checkoff. And a thank you to our producers. Also, for in our panel today, Kim Brackett with Brackett Ranches out of Southern Idaho, also chair of the BQA Advisory Board, and Mr. Trey Patterson, vice chair of the Advisory Board and CEO of the Padlock Ranch in Wyoming. Well, stay with us. Coming up next, it's a look at our long-term weather with meteorologist Don Day on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Ranching has been in the Hardgrove family for generations, and they know the value of keeping a ranch in the family. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance provides pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. PRF Insurance is a USDA-subsidized program that allows ranchers to insure against the risk of below-average rainfall. 
Hargrove Ranch Insurance utilizes industry-leading custom software to provide the rancher with information they need to stay up-to-date and educated on their policy throughout the year. Hargrove Ranch Insurance supports ranchers for this generation, the next, and those yet to come. Contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote or online at hargroveinsurance.com. Welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm your host, Justin Mills. Our weather segment today brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance, providing pasture range and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. Contact Hargrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom quote. Well, meteorologist Don Day joins us with a look at our long-term weather. And Don, uh, we don't have a lot of time here today, so I want to focus a little bit in the Midwest because I know that's going to affect the corn harvest. I know we are ways from the corn harvest uh, when that would take place. But what does the month of October look like in the Midwest? Well, certainly they're going to see the first few days of October being pretty uneventful in terms of no major weather systems, no Arctic blasts, no early frost or freeze is coming. I think we'll probably get through the first seven to 10 days of October, or at least the first week of October, with good weather conditions in the Midwest and Corn Belt. Um, Now, always the middle of October, traditionally always tends to throw something towards the central and western areas of the United States where you always start to worry about freezing temperatures getting further south and into lower latitudes. And I and I do think as we work our way into that second week of October, things will get a lot more interesting with precipitation and much colder temperatures. The last days of September, though, and the first several days of October, uh, the mid middle part of the nation is going to enjoy some really nice autumn weather. All right, meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. By the way, I invite you to check out his daily video podcast, which can be found on his website at dayweather.com. Our weather segment today brought to you by Hargrove Ranch Insurance. Give them a call for a free custom quote providing pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers, 325 573-8975. Other sponsors of our program today include the American Simmental Association. Find out more at Simmental.org. Biozyme, protect and recovery with VitaCharge by Biozyme and Performance B. Find out more online and request a demo. The Working Ranch Radio Show is a production of Working Ranch Magazine. And if you'd like to get a hold of me, I invite you to send me an email at justin.workingranch at gmail.com. Well, thanks for joining us here today where you will find us every Saturday and Sunday at 12 noon Eastern here on Rural Radio Channel 147 Sirius XM or on your podcast provider. I'm your host, Justin Mills. And until next time, keep your chin down and your mind in the middle. So long.